Hey, what's up? Hey, Matt, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Good, man, good. Let me just sort this out. Get my head in the shot. <laughs> I hear you. It's every time it's a little adjustment. Did you, yeah. get, you guys have this bad weather that we got here? Uh, today? Yeah. Uh, today, not so bad. Like, I mean, the last two days were beautiful. Today was a little bit chillier. There were some clouds. I was surprised it didn't, like, didn't rain at all. Oh, you were... uh, What was it like out there? So, yeah, the last two days had me thinking summer was coming. And then today, because mm. we, uh, we just started back training in, like, smaller groups. Mm. And five minutes before we start training, the clouds just roll in heavy. And it starts raining and I'm just standing out there for an hour and a half in the rain today. <laughs> oh man. That's the thing about Finland. The the weather can change so quick. Even there's been days maybe last week, it would snow, sunshine, hail. You kind of get everything here. It's terrible. Yeah. I think on Sunday or Monday, we're supposed to get a little bit, some snowflakes. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Actually, I was just, I was just playing uh, FIFA with, uh, you know, Bushu. And I asked him, I said, hey, check the weather. What's it look like next week? And uh, yeah, we have a snowflake on one of these days. We were like, what's this doing here? It's been beautiful. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's finished weather for you. Um, also, mm -hmm. just on a side note before we, you jump in, uh, I saw you and Bushu have been playing a lot of Frisbee golf. Um, oh, yes. Now, 100%. I don't know because I don't, I don't see the whole round, but it seems to me like Bushu is more of a, a woodcutter than a thrower, the way he's chopping those branches down. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, you know, uh, I have to be honest. I think when I video, it might be not the most appealing shots. Uh, yeah, one of them wasn't good, but I think out of the three I posted, maybe they didn't look appealing to the eye, but they were actually very efficient shots. So They landed in a good uh, spot. <laughs> yeah, like the last one was amazing. You couldn't really see it, but it just cut through this forest of – just so many trees it went straight through, went so far. It was a great shot. I had to give him hats off to that one. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of like our, it's kind of our hobby. We like to do it once a week. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, what I do that. It's, at least fun to once do it a week. it's so fun. Mm -hmm. But, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's an, an easy recovery. You know, you just walk in and join some, some good banter with the boys. Yeah, exactly, man. And we have a course, literally, maybe it takes five minutes to walk there. So it's uh, wonderful. It, it couldn't be better. Yeah. Where about where about in Finland are you from? Uh, so so just... we're uh, we're just south of Vasa. Mm -hmm. So up on okay. the the western side, mm -hmm. a little bit. So it's okay. uh it it's beautiful, but the wind because of being close to the water is a little rough. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, live with what you got, I guess. Yeah, west coast. The west coast always sounds better. Yeah. But I'm from the East Coast. See, so I'm, I'm yeah, Coast I live in I live in Florida on the off season, so I'm in the East Coast too. So okay, represent. All right, cheers to that. Hey, <laughs> All right, guys, cheers. welcome back to another cheers Footy and Coffee Conversations. Uh, we are doing this interview, both of us from Finland. So clearly, even though it's evening for us, we're drinking coffee because that is the Nordic way. Uh, I assume I'm just going to make the judgment that it's just straight black coffee. Of course, yeah. Straight I black. It. I knew it. That's uh, five cups of that a day, and that's a slow day in, in Scandinavia. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. Uh, so if you want to start, just introduce yourself. Say what club you're playing for currently and your uh, position on the field. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my name is Mike Hartman. I am 25, and I play at FC Hakka in the Bakersliga, the top flight in Finland, and I'm a goalkeeper. So, 
So the answers might be a little different. Goalies are, are a different position than field players. You, you know, you gotta, be, you gotta be a certain level of crazy to, to put yourself between the sticks. Yeah, that, that's for sure. <laughs> but see, I should have been a goalie with a face like this and balls can bounce off it all day and it won't get worse. So can't really complain <laughs> that. Hey, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so uh, just to get started, obviously you mentioned you're from the East Coast, but talk about your youth career. Um, when did you finally settle on being a goalie? Because usually it, it, that's a position that's not found till later. Um, and then just talk kind of, mm -hmm. yeah, high school what that looked like in the recruitment process to college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from uh, Medford, New Jersey. It's, it's on the East coast, very close to Philadelphia, about 30 minutes. So it's uh, South Jersey, small town, suburban, uh, American football is kind of the big sport where I come from, but I've played soccer since, uh, from such a young age, probably started playing like recreationally around five and six, uh, up until I was about eight. And I went out for like the local travel team, um, and then from there, continued just playing small uh, local club soccer with an organization called Cherry Hill FC. Uh, and I was lucky. I was fortunate. Um, like you said, goalkeepers were not always goalkeepers. I started out in the field and I loved to play in the field. When I was seven, I was a goal machine. Uh, every game I was just bagging goals. And I don't know what happened, but there was a period where I still thought I was a goal scorer. But uh, my coach saw me best in the goal. So I started playing halves maybe when I was like eight, when I went out for that travel. Uh, I started getting stuck in there half, half and half. Um, again, maybe when I was nine, I was playing half and half. And then when I was 10, I kind of just got stuck in there. And in the beginning, I hated it. Uh, I would cry. <laughs> I would cry. I would cry to my mother like, hey, I don't want to play anymore. Like, uh, and maybe my mother, I remember just one time she, she bribed me. She said, hey, I'll take you to the dollar store. We can get you a toy if you, if, uh, if you go play. So and did, she, did she see potential in you then at that age to, you know, try to convince you? Or is it just to play soccer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not certain. She had a good relationship with the coach. And uh, this coach as well, he was a really important figure uh, for me. And my mother, both my parents weren't big sports fanatics. So I don't think they really pushed me. And actually... I just had this conversation because I was reading a book and I was like, I'm very happy because my whole life too, I played baseball, I played basketball, I played other sports up until I was around 12 years old. So uh, I, I kind of thanked her like the other day, like I think the way that they raised me, it was great. There was no pressure. Um, she just, uh, maybe there was some communication between the coach and, and then anyway, they just stuck me in there. Didn't like it in the beginning. And then I just figured that I was actually good there and I found a, uh, found a passion for it. I, I just enjoyed it. Do you miss the field at all? Uh, no, especially now. No, because uh, we're playing at a good level here. So uh, sometimes when I get in the, in the field, you know, I, I also I've been in the goal for so long, you know, it's a completely different position. I don't need to know what's around me. I just know what's in front of me. Uh -huh. So now I'm very happy. Uh, the only thing is sometimes, you know, when you get, uh, you get a nick on the elbow or the knee, it doesn't get to heal up properly when you're a goalkeeper. And maybe your clothes get ruined a little bit quicker. But besides that, I, I like to stay in the goal. <laughs> See, I, I have a lot of respect as a playing as a center back my whole career. I have a lot of respect for mm -hmm. the goalie. But, yeah, as you said, there's always rips in the clothing, the training gear. And then I just imagine your hips can never feel good because I know you guys know how to dive correctly and all, but still it doesn't, doesn't seem enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those guys. I rock like a, 
very good protective uh, compressions, okay. base, uh, base layers for the top and the bottom. So I'm, I'm good with that. But now it's starting to get beautiful outside and I just wanna, I wanna get some sun on the skin, you know? I'm gonna make sure I get my vitamins. So I'm, I've been feeling risky. I've been doing it without maybe the long pads and I've been okay. But, uh, but yeah, no, I liked it. Maybe I liked it too because I was good at it and I saw potential and I enjoyed like the success. And uh, yeah, from there on out, I was goalkeeper, continued playing. I played small local club. I didn't do any academy. That was starting to come out. Uh, maybe when I was around 12, 13, they just introduced it into the, the US mm -hmm. system. But I stayed with my local club uh, all the way up pretty much through my entire high school career. Uh, and yeah, I played high school soccer, did three years of varsity. My freshman year, I was kind of uh, um, slowly put in. I was training with the varsity squad, but I started and I played all three three years. I had a good career there. It was a good um, high school team with a lot of history. So I actually wound up getting some interest from Division One schools through my high school. Because like I said, I was playing low, small ball, local club soccer, and uh, wasn't really getting a lot of looks from that because I just wasn't playing at the top level. Right. Did ODP for one year when I was U17. So I think I was about, I was about 16. And I made it all the way to the regional callback uh, camps, but I didn't get chosen to go on the, uh, the Disney trip or go, go to Europe, which I was actually really bummed about because I got a passport. That's actually why I got my first passport. Oh, wow. My family, uh, besides my father has a passport. So I got my passport because I was expecting to go to, I think it was Croatia that year. So that was a huge bummer. I was, especially like being the guy from uh, Cherry Hill FC where nobody knew all these guys, they had played together for so long. I was, I was very happy to get that opportunity, but it didn't work out. And maybe it made me work a bit harder because I wanted to uh, prove the people wrong that, that didn't choose me. Well, now you've been in Europe the longest, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Of all those guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's funny when you look back and you see where some of the people are now, but Maybe also they chose just different different paths. And also everybody, you know, they develop at different ages. Some Absolutely. people are, are uh, late bloomers. Some people are uh, early. So I've come to like my uh, my my journey. It's a bit different. You'll see as we, we, we get along uh -huh. this conversation. But shout out, but, first, uh, shout out to Shawnee High School. Developed you. Yeah. You know, good. Yeah. I like it. Exactly. We had... We had uh, one of the most legendary coaches. He coached for maybe as long as the program was going for 30 something years. Oh, he was wow. a really great guy. He actually had a couple of my uncles in baseball, which is cool. <laughs> uh, absolute like legend of uh, a coach. He, he wasn't the most uh, with the strategy and the understanding of the game, but he, he turned us into men, which are definitely some things you can carry, be able to carry in all aspects of life. So I've got to, uh, uh, I'm very appreciative of that, having that. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, from, from there, uh, I, got, I had a few Division One interests through, uh, through my high school. And, uh, but actually what wound up getting me to Caldwell University was there was a local club, uh, Marlton, uh, Marlton Soccer Club, and they were like one of the top teams in the state. And all their guys were kind of, they already figured out where they were going to university. So let me just hop in for a few tournaments. No big tournaments, but some tournaments. And that's where I actually got uh, Caldwell University saw me and they, they offered me a scholarship. Okay. Uh, pretty, almost a full scholarship from just seeing me play in that one tournament with that team. Wow. So uh, that's how I wound up going to a Division two school. Uh, also, my grades at the time, you know, you don't have your, uh, maybe you don't have your priorities, right? Although I, my parents were on me about it. I was kind of, I'm the middle child. So I was, I was, 
forgot always getting caught they were, uh, they, i don't know my parents they could know when i was going to go to a party uh before i even was going to leave and they would just sniff it out they knew you were going to go to the party before you even were invited i don't know how they knew there were some times i i didn't know what happened but uh all for the greater good Very, uh, i look back it's funny it's funny how everything worked out uh but uh but yeah i went to caldwell university a division two school and again i started just about all the games played for four years there and uh even thought about transferring out after my first year i was getting some help from a friend's father on the team. He wanted to help me go to a different team, but I went up playing all four years there. And I think it was the right decision. And uh, my coach was actually from Norway. So he's the guy who got me the connection over to Europe. Yeah, um, mm. talking, talking about Caldwell also, um, I, I read, I don't know if this is true, but I read kind of like a scouting report thing that said that early on in your time um, at Caldwell, you had the, the abilities, but maybe not the frame yet. But then by senior year, you had kind of filled out, um, got stronger, got bigger. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. for, for goalies, I think probably more than any position, um, it's so much, so much is based on how you look appearance-wise. If you look and fit the mold, especially in the U.S. of, of a mold of a, of a goalie. So obviously... Um, you know, it, it's frustrating, but maybe, you know, you fill out mm -hmm. a little bit earlier and some other team comes calling earlier or what, but it's just that I just think for, for the listeners, an interesting uh, aspect of, of soccer, especially in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, even getting that recruiting process, uh, that was, it's, it's even challenging, like getting recruited for college and going into the professional game when you're an undersized keeper. Uh, it makes it so much harder. Some guys just have that... Uh, that image of what they want the goalkeeper to be, where they're not willing to even give you a chance, not even to look at your email. I had coaches, I reached out to so many schools. Uh, I had coaches in the same division. They said, hey, I wish I looked at my email. And they joke about it. One of the guys uh, from uh, this college, he would joke about it. Like, man, I made one of the biggest mistakes I made. <laughs> did, did you ever add an inch to your, to your height on a CV? Oh, of course, <laughs> still to this day. To this day. Now, I'm pretty honest. I'm pretty honest now. But they never clarify it. Is it with your shoes or is it without your shoes? Is it soft but grounds? I know. <laughs> yeah. Is it soft grounds on a firm ground? So you're just really sticking up there. But uh, when I first got into the, pro, the professional game, I was really, uh, <laughs> I was really like gassing it a bit. But now I'm a pretty humble six foot with my shoes on guy. And uh, I mean, you're making the save, so is what it is man yeah you just got to be different got to be better in different areas <laughs> absolutely so so yeah you said that your uh your your college coach had the connections he was from norway um so you graduate mm -hmm. at what point in uh in college did professional soccer become the goal for you mm -hmm. yeah so again i was pretty late on that my freshman and sophomore year they were kind of just years to i was just enjoying life as soon as the soccer season was at, would end <laughs> I couldn't wait to get you see what this guy's right in here you got 511 five don't lie <laughs> who is this guy can we can we can we kick him <laughs> no but uh but yeah my freshman year and sophomore year I was just ripping through the season I was doing some summer ball but then after the season I was just going straight into the gym I was looking to get just jacked 
look good for the babes at the uh at the bars and that was it and then uh maybe it was like sophomore sophomore spring my coach he said hey look i i think uh i have some connections in norway i i see potential in you if you're interested i can help you and kind of from there on my sophomore summer i took it very serious and from there i was all in i stopped doing the uh, bro lifting and kind of got some of my priorities right and also being from a small school i felt like i just had a lot of catching up to do when i would go play pdl in the summertime i i wasn't playing i was sitting behind guys guys that were very good and uh it was a great great wake-up call because my whole life up to that point i was just playing everything and from there uh, i was just ready to work hard and to, i just feel like i and even to this day i just feel like i constantly have to catch up and that kind of feeds uh the, the work ethic so i was pretty late when it comes to wanting to be a professional. Of course, when you're a kid, you say it, people joke about it, but I didn't really make it uh, a real focus until that sophomore summer. So maybe around 19. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's so, late. Uh, so yeah, pretty late, but also, you know, maybe because I started so late, I, that's why now I have such a passion. I'm not burnt out. I'm fully focused and I really enjoy, uh, just enjoy that constant trying to get better, trying to chase and chase. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, from there on, uh, I just worked and um, my senior year in the winter, I was able to go over to Norway. I was able to do like a two week, not trial, but just training experience with uh, Rosenberg's 19s. So that's a top team in Norway. Mm -hmm. And that was an awesome experience. And from there, I made a friend uh, with one of the goalkeeper coaches at Rosenberg. He kind of evaluated me. He said, hey, I think this is some potential and uh, I went home, worked up my ass off and graduated in May, 2016. And then that summer I just went over to Norway uh, with no idea about work permit situations, but this guy said, I can do it. I can do it. We had some, we had some interest. We had some offers from the fourth tier, like right away. And then we just, once the first offer, then we got slapped with the uh, work permit situation. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Not good in uh very, very uh, different, but strict rules in all the countries in, in the Nordic area. Yeah, and every country is different. And uh, the people working at the uh, immigration centers don't know all these questions. And it's, uh, it's one of the hassles with playing overseas. Mm -hmm. Makes it that much harder. Uh, limits the amount of spots that are going to be available to you. Yeah, but, uh, I think that might be the most frustrating uh, challenge of playing over mm -hmm. here is figuring out the work permits and all the first time around in any new country. Yeah, yeah. And it was a huge slap to my face because uh, I really invested a lot in staying in Norway at the time I had uh, I was I was with a girlfriend who was from Norway and my focus was to to be in Norway. And I had a friend. Uh, who had been playing in Norway with the EU passport. And he told me, hey, it's gonna be really tough. You should look at Sweden or you should look at Finland. And I didn't, I didn't try it at that time. I tried going for jobs, <laughs> tried getting a job, but who wants an English guy who can only translate English to English? <laughs> I brought no value to any company. Who wants to pay me that amount of money that's needed? So that didn't work out. So, but it was an awesome experience because that entire summer I wound up signing with a fourth tier team that won their league. So I was training with them constantly. Um, and also I was still training with Rosenberg's 19s consistently. So I was doing double sessions and I was able, even able to get in with the first team for a international break. And that was my first, uh, my first experience in like 
real professional setting. Just going to breakfast with the team, um, relaxing in the locker room, having that locker room environment. Mm -hmm. Then, and it's cold at this time. So then we went in, we did our warm up inside. We had this uh, strength conditioning coach there getting us activated. We went out, we hit the fields. It was really, everything was really efficient, really clean, really fast paced. Not so much like drinking the waters in between. Yeah. Just uh, real, real quality. And then after, we hit a smoothie, hit some sauna, some hot tub, and then we went and had lunch. So uh, funny, funny thing about that though, my first day I show up, I show up my full like, I got my like compressions on, and I just pulled over like a uh, typical soccer warm up track. Yeah. So these guys are all dressed nice. They got their like their Gucci bags, and I show up like fully strapped, ready to go. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, after that day, I, I, uh, made some changes for the better. I learned the culture, you know, the culture of like professional, uh, professional sport. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Show up in sweats and flip flops from Nike or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, no, that was awesome. That was like such a great experience. And, um, yeah, like I said, the work permit situation didn't work out. So I had to leave Norway after three months, went home for another three months. Um, at that point, are look, you, are you, uh, you're pretty set, I assume then on continuing the grind of, of trying to get a professional contract and all, but are you at all thinking, um, going to somewhere in the U S are you thinking for sure going back, you know, trying to go back to Norway or what? And then, uh, mm-hmm. the other question with that is, were you working with an agent at the time? Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, I don't think I ever really thought about playing the U.S. I just didn't think I had any opportunity there. Um, and I didn't have an agent. So I was doing this all by myself. I was keeping contact with the contacts that I made in Norway during my stay there. And also, it was a resume builder. I was able to throw on the Rosenberg mm-hmm. uh, uh, training stint. And uh, they actually wrote a news article while I was there. They put me, like, in their big paper because I was just a guest. Actually, there was two guest goalkeepers because all their goalkeepers were international um, they were going on international break. So no, I never, never thought about going to the U S and I was full in. Like I knew I had what it took when I trained with Rosenberg. I knew that was eye opening. I was like, wow, I'm not too far off and I can see, see myself, you know, making a career out of this. So I was all in, mm-hmm. uh, went home, started contacting every club on emails. Um, I think I did that at the airport when I was flying home from Norway, I was reaching out to every club in Sweden. I think I reached out to clubs on, in Finland as well. And uh, I took up a job, took up a office job. I was working 40 hours um, a week when I went home for maybe uh, two months. And I was still doing all my training. I wasn't getting much sleep, but I was all in. And nothing had come up. So actually, I went back to Norway in January. And I was training with another uh, top-level team in Norway, Ronheim at the time, because that goalkeeper coach had transferred to uh, this elite Syrian club. So that was an awesome, interesting ordeal but still when you're coming straight from college it's hard to jump into these like top leagues because nobody they don't have respect for the college system but also like i don't have that experience also i'm not ready for that i'm not ready to take in uh i don't understand the stress i don't understand the level of play why are they going to give to somebody who has no experience who hasn't proven that they're consistent yeah 100 percent. i was never looking at i was never looking at like getting into that a team at that level but yeah, I was training with this team Ronheim. I was sleeping on a friend's floor on a blow up, uh, blow up mattress. And then my opportunity came to go to Lynch Shopping City. 
And that came through Facebook. I started reaching out to clubs on Facebook because I could see if somebody was viewing the message. I got tired of these inbox fuel, uh, inbox full automated like responses on emails or just clubs not getting back to me. So they wrote to me while I was at my friends. And then the next, the next day, I think I took a flight from Trondheim to, uh, to Lin uh, Stockholm and then I bust to Lynch shopping. Okay. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. So, uh, <clears throat> What, what was your first initial thoughts of, of Sweden compared to Norway? Much cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Much cheaper. Not as beautiful like uh, the land, like the mountains and the fjords, but similar, a little cheaper, maybe uh, more popular. I mean, more populated. Yeah. So it was a, not a big uh, difference there. Uh, language is pretty similar. Um, yeah, not, not a big difference. So I was able to kind of just jump in. And uh, I think also just from my experiences of when I, when I went over for that winter break and I went over to Norway in the summer, I had already conquered that, that fear a little bit. You're always nervous mm -hmm. to, to go into a new locker room to meet new people. But I had conquered that, that fear of like being nervous. I was all like, Hey, just put me somewhere. I'll be fine. I'm, I'm sociable. I can, I can make it through. So I was able to adapt quickly. That's good. Yeah. So, so how does that go then in Sweden for you that first season? Yeah. So, so yeah, I did the trial. They liked me. They kept me on trial for like, I want to say almost two months. It was insane. Oh, but they wow. had a plan. Uh, they had a plan. They had all the goalkeepers they wanted to look at and I surprised them. I was a surprise guy who just popped up in their slot. So they liked me, they kept me around and they kept comparing me to, to maybe two other goalkeepers. Um, one of them actually lived with me. He was from Ukraine. He was, he was a good goalkeeper. He was younger, but he couldn't speak English, which was a huge problem for him. But we were, we were living together. We were rooming together for maybe four days. Like that was tough being with somebody who wants to take your job. And also you're living with him and you can't understand him and you have to take him to go eat places. And, and I, I mean, uh, nothing against that, but that was, that was pretty challenging just because you're, you're two guys, going for one position and you're doing everything together. Tell them, tell them that you, you have to take a train to get to the, the restaurant for lunch and send them to Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have been something. Uh, no, I'm, a, I'm a good guy though. I believe in that karma. So if I did that, something definitely wouldn't have worked out for me. Yeah. I kind of pressured them. I had another opportunity to go to a different club. They wound up saying, hey, okay, we're going to send this guy home. We'll keep you and boom. So that was my first year was fourth tier in Sweden. And uh, this club previously, I think for two years, they were fighting to, to promote to division one and they had come close. I don't know if it was two years in a row, they finished second and they did the qualifications, but they didn't make it up. It was something like that. Uh, but we had a great year. We lost one game uh, and we promoted. Um, that was something fun. Cause actually up to that point, I've got, I've had individual success. I've had like accolades for myself but to win something with the team was first for me. And that was, that was awesome. Yeah. I'm sure a uh, incredible feeling to get promotion, um, especially first mm -hmm. year at a club. Uh, I feel like that's like the, just a, a big high of emotions and feelings that especially your first full, you know, professional year playing and all, and mm -hmm. you get promoted. It, it makes the, the whole professional game, maybe not seem so much of a grind at that point. Uh, send, you know, cause you're, you're on a high and you're obviously winning most of the games you're playing in. Uh, we also interviewed another guy that was on that team and Kyle Kanotek. Um, 
How would how would Kyle, Kyle. how would you describe Kyle Knutek? Kyle, uh, he calls himself the oh he has several names uh, the general Captain America. He is he's one of the best guys. He uh, such a professional. I was very fortunate. This was also something I was going to say to be able to go to my first true professional team with so many professionals like Kyle. It was excellent uh, to see how serious they were with their football from a nutrition, from a uh, like uh, gym aspect, what they do off the field. That was huge for me. Me and Kyle, we lived together for most of that first season um, in a three-person apartment. It was me, Kyle, and uh, this, this other awesome professional, uh, Chad Barson. So to meet uh, Kyle, like, at my first club, it was amazing. And still to this day, we, uh, we're still in touch. We're still checking in with each other. We're making, he's giving me, uh, advising me. But he was a great player, like, you know, hard tackler. You're both in the same area. Yeah, right? yeah, we trained together in the off seasons. Mm -hmm. Hard tackler, gives it his all in the trainings. And uh, no, just really, just a really great guy. Now, did you ever go on the same diets as him or, you know, food, food ways? Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, never. But I have taken some things from him. I have taken some things from him, uh, some ideas. Now, I'm completely opposite. I'm plant-based. So okay. he's, uh, he's not carnivore, but he's, he's, eating a lot more meat. he's eating a lot more meat than me. But me and Kyle, that's also another interesting thing about him, his uh, nutrition side. And he is on point with that. You know, he knows all this stuff. And it was excellent. Even uh, last year, towards the end of the season, he was uh, staying with me for a bit, trying to figure out where, mm -hmm. where his next move would be. And uh, I was just, if I had a question about nutrition, like, yo, Kyle, what's in this potato? Like, what, what is bad in this potato? And how can I get rid of it? Or like, uh, it was like an encyclopedia of information. I could just ask him any question about food and he would know it. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Uh, so you, yeah. you guys get promoted your first year um, in, in Sweden. Uh, at that point, what are you thinking? Are you trying to move up the ladder? Are you wanting to go back with the same team? What's kind of your thought process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my, I mean, my whole process originally going over to Europe was to like play one season and then try and come back to the US and play in the US. And it was still a little bit of my feeling. Also, the coach, uh, it's a newly promoted team. It's a young organization. They're figuring out their budget. So it wasn't like 100% when I did leave to go back to the U.S. I would come back. But they did want to have me back. So I was looking out for myself. I was reaching out to clubs in the U.S. Didn't get any interest, really. Got nothing. And uh, Lynn Shopping also offered me a contract pretty, uh, pretty early. So that was nice. I was able to have that um, off-season, just be able to focus. I, there wasn't really much questions about where where I would be. I figured everything out before, before the holidays. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you go back, um, obviously the club is playing in a, in a higher division. Um, mm -hmm. is there, is there much of a learning curve for you or do you feel confident from the get go? Mm, I think for myself, of course, when you go up a level, you don't know what to expect and uh, everything was more professional. All the games were being live streamed. Um, the teams were fitter, they were more organized, speed of plays faster. And uh, going into actually our first game, we were playing a club that's just kind of sat in Division One for a very long period. So it was a great uh, welcome to the league to see like what kind of level we were at. Mm -hmm. You don't know, we also, that club at the time, they had lots of foreigners, guys that aren't from Sweden. So we didn't really know what to expect, but I mean, I was happy with the level. 
the league was professional. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, how long do you decide to stay there? Mm -hmm. So uh, I signed a two-year contract that first year in Division One. Okay. It was like a two-year, uh, not official, but you sign one with the club. And then they, I, I don't believe you can do two-year contracts for, for foreign players at Division One. I. I think they have to do it. You do two with the club and then you do one with the federation. So that's uh -huh. what they were doing at the time. Okay. I don't know if that's legal, that's legal but uh, it's, not, it's contract, definitely so. a gray area at best. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's great for, for both parties for both probably. Parties, like, yeah. if, I really, if I really wanted to, like you could fix something. But I was happy to be there because like I said, it was a professional organization, even at the fourth level, even at the third level, the quality of the players that we had, that's important for your own development. Um, I was comfortable being there for two more years and I was younger at the time. Um, so I knew I would be there for two years and the first year was kind of a feeler out year. We just wanted to stay in the league. Um, even though the club has aspirations to be at higher levels that year, we were just staying in the league. And then, uh, last season. So my, my second year in division one, we were all in to go for the promotion. So, uh, so that was also great experience you know being with a club that had that wants to promote so i had that experience that pressure uh and then also being a part of an organization where they're just happy to be there and then again to go and to go back for promotion um that was another great great experience you get to learn the those are some some experience you get with time how does uh how does the fight for promotion go last year and it was tough uh we had an excellent squad so many great players um, we started out really hot. I mean, in the preseason, we were playing all Svenskan teams, um, a few Superdetan teams, and then we finished up maybe maybe one Division One, but we won almost all those games, and we um, maybe we lost two one to Kalmar, we lost four two to Orbu, but we had some good games. We beat EFK North Shopping. Uh, I think we beat Degerfors. Uh -huh. We beat Syrianska. We beat a lot of good teams. So like we had. Uh, we tied Hammerby. We were up to zero on them oh, wow. with, a, with a good squad. So we had a, so much hype going into the season. And a lot of the haters were saying, hey, it's just preseason. That's nothing yet. So uh, we come into the season. We start out on top of the table. And then in the first half of the season, after five games maybe, we just had a big drop off. We just couldn't. We were, we were, we were the better team out there, but the ball just wasn't going our way. And... Uh, so maybe at the mid-season break, we were in, we were in fourth, fourth or third, something like that. But we we're pretty far off from the leaders. The leaders wound up just crushing it. So that was no, no uh, chance to catch them at the halfway. It was almost like, good night, go home. But we had a coaching change, um, so that was also another new experience for me. Uh, there was a, the parties chose to go different ways. So we had a management change, and in the second half of the season. We wound up going on maybe a nine-game win streak. Wow. I had maybe eight games without conceding a goal. It was insane. Oh, wow. So we went from really being in no contention, but we were still all in it. We were doing everything to, to fix what was wrong, changing the formation, changing the players, taking in more players at the midseason break. So the club was all in, and it's a shame because it came down to the, uh, to the last game. Wow. Uh, to, well, it did come down to the last game, but second to last game, the team in second had lost. So if we would have won, we would have been tied with points with Umia, and uh, we had a much better goal differential. So we would have been fine if we, we had control of our yeah. team. But 
we're winning one zero away at our big uh, big rivalry game, and then in the 49th minute we get a red card, and we just had to defend for our lives and. Uh, uh, I had some great saves. Like it was just such a unfortunate way for the season to end, or to uh, such an unfortunate ending to the season. Yeah. So we lose, we lose, we end up losing that game two one, and it comes down to the last game of the year again. We still have a chance if they lose, and we win, it can work. We won three zero, but they also had one, so it came down to the last, uh, uh, the last game. But it was it was such a like thrill ride. Like every week. We're winning the games. We're waiting for these guys to play. We're checking the points, and it just went up not working. And it hurt because for me, I knew where I was at, with the, where my career aspirations are, and not taking that step up to Super Detan. It, I mean, as far as staying with the club, it, it was a big, uh, a big negative because it was a great organization. I liked so much about it. I had been there for three years, but that was a, that was a really the only sad part. I was so proud of the team, so proud of myself proud of everybody to get to where we were because we had zero chance, but we went on this phenomenal run and we just came up short. So Dude, uh, that's hard, so heartbreaking, yeah. but still, I mm. mean, even I think incredible that you have, you move up a division, you have a one year of stay in the division and then you're pushing to, to move up another division. That's uh, that's, that's overall, that's very impressive three years run for a club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, you know how it is. It's not easy to win leagues. Doesn't matter what level you're at. You almost have to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that could change that. Injuries, mental. The ball just not going the way that you need it to go. Yeah, there's so much. So. There's so much of uh, for to get promotion that's even out of your hands. You know, as an organization mm -hmm. to control, which is, which is a frustrating part. But I think that's what makes it so. Uh, maybe word you know magical almost when you get promotion and that feeling because it's so many different mm -hmm. things and factors all aligning perfectly. Um, but so you had, mm -hmm. you had taught that obviously staying with the club a big um, a big desire if you were to come back with the club is for the club to have promoted up to uh, the second tier in Sweden. So when they when they don't, um, how then do you end up here in Finland? Did you look at other clubs in Sweden? How how was that process? yeah so uh well uh, halfway through that season i didn't think we were even close so i and of course you gotta look out for yourself i was contacting agents i was making high i, I was all about the highlight videos i i've been bringing a gopro behind my goal since senior year of college i was all in with the film so i was on top of that made a half season highlight video sent it out to agents uh my resume now had lots of games on it so i had some interest i was talking to several agents uh, most of them swedish and i only contacted one finnish agency <laughs> because uh, I wanted to stay in Sweden. It's where I had my reputation. And uh, maybe with a month left of the season, I kind of knew this, this Haka option kind of was being talked about also because they had won the league so early mm -hmm. um, for themselves. So, uh, so yeah, I just kept contact every week. I was sending like game films from the games and they were sending them out and um, the season ended. And it was, it was unfortunate because a lot of the teams in Sweden, they will train after the season ends, maybe in Finland too. And I didn't get any opportunities. There, there were some talks, but I was still under contract until December. And I was doing everything the, the right way. I was notifying the club, like, hey, I might go here and train with this team in Sweden. But um, I wound up not doing it. And Haka, unfortunately, they had like a two-week break, two or three-week break 
when our season ended. So I had to go home to the US. Um, then I had to take another risk. I had turned down the contract with Lynch shopping. They wanted to know early because, you know, goalkeepers important position. So, um, so yeah, I'm just home. I'm talking to this agent and this is the Finnish agent. This is the agent I didn't even expect to work with. Uh, I wanted to work with these Swedish agents that are well-known. This guy didn't really have a great website. It was a little bit, never met the guy. We've had many conversations on the phone, but uh, I also found out the Hakka deal was serious because Kyle had a friend here, uh, Jake, and Jake reached out to Kyle. And I was able to hear like, yeah, it was serious that they were actually in contact with Hakka. And uh, this guy said it was on to go trial. So just before booking my ticket, I called uh, Jake and I asked him, I did some research on the club did some homework, how they play, what to expect, if they're actually looking for a goalkeeper. And uh, he made he made me feel a lot more comfortable doing it. And I just got that ticket, paid for it myself, flew out here. They sorted everything out as far as the um, the uh, the stay and some some breakfast. So uh, so yeah, I did another trial. I wouldn't expect that. You know, you have two years in the third tier. You would think like, oh, when am I just going to be able to sign somewhere like? not do this trial business. I didn't want to, that's also why I don't think I trained with teams in Sweden. I wanted to just move. Which I but, feel, uh, I feel like in Sweden and Finland, uh, it, it seems to be, they don't, they don't care so much who you are, where you've played. They love, they love bringing someone in on a little couple week trial. Yeah. And I think also, you know, the finances aren't as strong in these countries. So they want to be really sure if they're bringing in a foreign player that he is what he yeah, is on the video. hundred percent. Uh huh. So, uh, see, so yeah, I wanted to just move, but I had to do the trial again. It's a huge risk. Like I hadn't been on a trial in so a couple of years, but I'm all in for it. I'm all in for it. I prepared properly. I came out, I did a, did a great trial, did a good, uh, friendly match, saved the penalty in the game. That was kind of just a cherry on top of the cake. Uh, and they offered me the contract before I went home. And so again, I was able to sort everything out before the holiday, which was uh, awesome. And I came back in January 1st and. Uh, that was that was my off season this this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not long of an off season. Obviously, you guys got a little bit now. Um, how it turned out, you got a little mm -hmm. bit of a, a recharge um, time. Not mm -hmm. that you wanted it, but uh, you're you guys just this two days ago, I think, announced the the league for you guys is starting July first um, and running to the end of November, I believe. So you have kind of set dates now to start training for which I'm sure is nice. And I just saw, I believe the rule is now from the Federation is starting next Wednesday. It can be up to 30 players on the field with 10 per side, still not close contact, but hopefully in the coming, you know, two weeks we'll be back to, to having a little bit more contact and all. Obviously for a goalie, you can still do a lot of training without necessarily being two meters from each other. Um, you've had, you've had a lot of different experience. You played, Seems you're you're moving east every time you uh, you you make a move. So I'm guessing in a year or two you'll probably be playing somewhere in Russia. Um, but big money, big, <laughs> big money, money, big money there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you've had you've had a lot of experiences. You came from, you know, to not not in a room, but to be honest, like people don't come and make it professional to the top flight from the clubs you came from, the, the university you came from, that type of thing. Um, what do you think has has kind of separated you from, you know, the, the situation that you were at? What what drove you? What was the, the reason for all the success? Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think like just early, um, maybe from PDL, from that first experience in Norway, I saw that I can compete at this level. I can make this a career. And just that uh, idea of having to chase, feeling that, I'm, which is true. I come from smaller clubs. I don't come with this big uh, resume. That just puts so much pressure on me to like drive me even more when it comes to the trainings. Um, and just to see where people that are at the top, what they have. And uh, I'd say that really drove me. I have, I think every professional has a good work ethic. I'm, I think I'm smart in my trainings. I try to get all the quality um, with some quantity, of course. And I just have a huge passion for it. I really enjoy what I do. Um, um, and I think that's important with anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, I don't, especially with soccer, I think you have to, mm -hmm. you have to love it because there's a lot of days that are just a grind um, and maybe not so, mm -hmm. so fun. Yeah, there's no magic. There's no ma nothing magical though that like hit me in the head that made me like become what I am today, get me to this level. It's just like a lot of time and hard work and being consistent. That's, uh, I believe, what caught me up and helped me pass a lot of uh, a lot of people that I uh, looked up to. Which I I appreciate you saying that because you know I think there are people, especially younger players, that think. It is some magical thing. You know, you see these 14-year-old guys that all they do is practice their free kick from the left side of the 18 to, to score this. And it's like, yeah, you might, but when you might not, you might go a whole season and never get that spot for your free kick that you've been practicing 30 minutes a day for. And there's like, you know, yeah. you're passing something you can work on. Like, it's not, it's not a magical process to improve and become a good player. It's that hard work and just consistent dedication and fine-tuning it. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, we had a we had a question from someone in there talking about uh, shorter goalies and not to get into so much the technique of of that, um, but more so the just as a goalie, as we talked about earlier, there's a certain ideal body type and view that goalies are supposed to have. When you don't have that, um, people might say it's a disadvantage. So. In your experience as a goalie, how how do you mentally not let those type of things uh, affect you or bother you or make you know make make you think that they might be true? Because I think a goalie position is so mental. Um, just because you know you make one mistake in a game that costs a goal that can cost your team three points. So it's a it's a high pressure position and you have to be mentally strong. So how with with anything as a goalie, how do you yourself um, stay mentally strong? Yeah, so yeah, I'll focus on that mental aspect. Uh, and like, now I think I'm at a good place. I'm comfortable with my, with my height, and I know my strengths, which is important. So uh, I'm never going to be that goalkeeper that's got the big, big arms and just looks uh, juiced and it's going to scare opponents. I will scare them with my play when I come for a cross with good timing, good speed. Um, but uh, it takes time. It takes time because uh, I had a coach as well early on. He wanted me to just start doing some curls, get big. Almost like put so much pressure on me that mentally I was carrying it into the games when I got in these situations with set pieces, especially because everybody's just waiting to come at you. Where I was just like at a mental aspect already, I was already at a negative going into that situation. And although I didn't make a lot of mistakes because it was something I was working on, like mentally, there was a few mistakes and I wasn't as comfortable. I wasn't coming for the balls. And uh, it was amazing. Um, 
when I got a different coach, we did less players in zone and there was more faith in me uh, from the head, from the head uh, gaffer. So I, I wound up doing better and I had a great relationship with my goalkeeper coach. We understood what I needed to do, how we can, if, yeah, if you don't, if you're not the tallest goalkeeper, you need to have good positioning. You need to have read the ball very well and you need to have good timing. Those are important for every goalkeeper. It doesn't matter if you're tall as uh, six foot five and you have bad timing and bad, you can't read the flight of the ball, you're, you're done. Yeah. So uh, having a goalkeeper coach that was able to instill that into me and also believe in me, uh, that, that helped a lot. And that's, that's one of the areas I've taken huge steps, um, crosses. But, but yeah, going back to the mental side, you just got to know your strengths, know your weaknesses, but don't try to change who you are because that might take away from another part of your game. If I start juicing up my biceps and uh, my calves, I'm focused. I'm putting more time into that where I could be putting more time into something that's actually going to help me out in the field. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you decide what to to train on, what to work on uh, when you're doing your individual work? Are you looking at game film and breaking down little things? Because I think it's it might. In my opinion, it can be challenging at times as a goalie um, because in some games you just don't have a lot of action. Doesn't mean that you did everything right, but you know it's 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 maybe a harder position to just look at film and and correct perfectly because there's so many other factors that you can't um, predict that goes into saving a shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, for training wise, I've been blessed. Uh, in Linköping City, I had an excellent goalkeeper coach. Here, I have an excellent goalkeeper coach, and they do all of the thinking for me. Uh, in the preseason, normally it works. They'll have different plans. Maybe it takes two weeks to cover different segments of goalkeeping. And then when you get into the season, I believe that's how it's going to work this year. They're going to analyze the the, uh, the past performance, where we need to make some changes, uh, what can we do, and also opponents coming up, what are their strengths, and what are some of my key things to focus on? Is it going to be a lot of uh, early crosses into the first area? So I've been lucky. I've had guys planning out the sessions for me. Um, and that's that's massive. I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I didn't have an excellent team around me. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's... And then also my strengths. Like, if I'm working by myself individually, um, I, I'm going to work on... It all depends. Depends who you have, but... There's always stuff you can work on. Depend I do a lot of distribution training because that's something I'm, I separate myself from. So Depends um, what a position yeah. player you have on hand to work with you. That is true. That is true. It, the environment is very uh, dependent on your training as well. I'm not going to do volleys to the hands if I have somebody who cannot hit a ball to my hands. So I'll do distribution, you know. Uh, but I would say, again, back to what I said earlier, I focus, I try to take this to me. I try to focus on my strengths more than my weaknesses. Yes, I'm working on my weaknesses, but also I'm not trying to just be average at everything. I want to be excellent in my strengths because uh, I think that's what's got me to where I am. And of course, I'll work up those weaknesses, but I'm not going to try to be this Mr. Perfect at everything. I think that's yeah. important when it comes to training. It's not, I'm not yeah. saying don't work on your weakness, don't right. work on your left foot, but do it with a uh, maybe an 80-20 rule, maybe uh, something along those lines, you know? Yeah. And I think too, like, I, I agree with that because I also think like your, your strengths are the things that's going to get you paid. That's at the end of the day, like that's, what's going to stick out. That's what's going to get draw attention to clubs and stuff. Obviously you need to mitigate your weaknesses as much as possible, but you have to, you have to really shine those, those strengths as well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
looking back uh, through your career, let's go back to maybe your, your 15 years old freshman year at uh, Shawnee High School. You know, you're, you're getting in the sticks of, of varsity soccer for the first time. Uh, if you could go back yeah. to, to that version of yourself, uh, what, what would be the, the biggest advice you would like to give yourself? Um, just, just to, uh, maybe try to get your priorities, right? Uh, if, if you have a plan to go play in college, um, focus, don't be, don't be, uh, influenced from the people around you as much, you know, if you want to do something that's different, that's going to be, maybe your friends aren't going to think the same of you, then they're not your real friends. So, uh, that's definitely something I found out early who my friends were and who they weren't, but try to be yourself and uh, do what makes you happy. Don't let people influence you and uh, to make, to make decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, an another, another question I have, and I, I don't know the answer cause I'm not a goalie. So I'd just be interested to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, I think every, obviously everyone benefits from having, let's just say like a, a specific coach or maybe a private coach, that type of thing. But I have to imagine a goalkeeper, especially, you know, as you're in those formidable years, having a goalkeeper coach would be highly beneficial because I think a lot of players, unless they're at a top notch club are 16 years old and coach says, all right, you have 10 minutes, go warm up with your yourself or maybe with the guy that's injured on the team, he'll kick some balls at your hands and then you jump in and block some shots, but you get very little actual coaching. Um, how important mm -hmm. if, if obviously if you can, you know, afford it and all of that, do you think it is to uh, invest in some type of specific goalkeeper coaching? Yeah, I would say it's important to have somebody that, that can uh, teach you the right techniques at a younger age. Cause I think the younger you are, you want to focus on the technical side. And as you get older, you want to be able to read the game and have your IQ raise. So if you have a goalkeeper coach, someone who truly understands the position, it's going to help you. But at the same time, uh, you don't have to be all in with that. If you can just get a little bit, that's great. Um, if you don't have it all, it's not the end of the world because me, luckily I had good youth coaches which, who had an idea of goalkeeping, but I didn't have a true goalkeeper coach. Even up through college, uh, I didn't have a great goalkeeper coach at college. My first year, I let him run the sessions, and then I took over after that because uh, I just wasn't he wasn't a goalkeeper coach. He wasn't it's not what he knew. So I took over from there and maybe I had my first goalkeeper, true goalkeeper coach regular, regularly uh, at PDL. So it's not the end of the world. If you don't have it, it's good to develop your, your foot skills with the team. If you're doing those possession drills, but uh, I would say ideally at a younger age, you would want to master the technique and uh, progress it as you get older, maybe into the late uh, 15 and older, you want to focus on just reading the game decision-making, positioning, things like that. Yeah, I think uh, also nowadays, uh, probably for younger goalies growing up now, um, you know, playing with your feet is, is worked on a lot. But I think maybe your age, a little bit older, uh, when you first growing up, like goalies didn't play with their feet. And then now goalies are asked to adapt and play with their feet. Uh, you played goalie and, you know, moved into goalie at 10 years old. Uh, was that a challenge at all for you to, to learn to play with your feet? How did you improve that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I 
I was actually, I was a skiller. I don't know if I'm talking myself up. Maybe I got to go back. I got to reach out to some of these guys I played with in high school. And, uh, but when we were doing 3v3 on a small side of field, I was balling. So, uh, but also that was because I was training with those guys. I was doing the same drills and then maybe, yeah, I'd go warm up and uh, boom, I'm in the net, you know, that's kind of how it was for me. So I was, I was, it wasn't a hard transition for me. And that's, that's one of my strengths now in the game, but uh, to make that better, you need to be smart with it. You need to be able to use it right. And that's something I want to improve on this season. Um, being able to be more, uh, more beneficial in the buildup, be able to play those split passes, be able to play those balls, see the space and play into that space. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I got some good memories. Unless, unless I'm out of my mind, I remember I was like nagging people. I was... I was the one doing the scoring in the small sided. We need the skiller. I'll I'll call all the guys from here at three v three and then ask them the question <laughs> and film film the reaction and see if you were if you were gassing yourself up or not. Man, I was wearing sambas. I had that grip in the ground. I was I'm talking like wooden floor three v three. I was baller. I was a baller straight up. Nothing sure. nothing better than the sambas on indoor. And I I wasn't even shooting them from far. I was like I was skilling all the way into the goal. I was pretty much just dribbling into the goals. That's how I remember it. <laughs> did, did you ever do the back heel goal? Uh, I'd be lying if I said yes, no. Because that, that's like the ultimate, the ultimate skiller. Uh, hey, there we go. We got some news oh, there. Here we go. There we Coach, go. Coach Evans said, Magged a couple guys in college football as well. So, all right. All right. I guess it's not, it's not a complete <laughs> lie. We've, we've debunked it. It's true. Um, now, we don't know who those players were. Maybe they weren't all uh, soccer players, but it happened. So. We, don't, we don't know the skill, but we can confirm at least there were mags happening as, as old as 22. So, um, But no, I, I appreciate you uh, taking time to uh, have some coffee, share your journey. Uh, I just I think it's a, a fun story to you know, come from a, a place where people don't necessarily – become professional players and now you're playing top flight in a in a country which is the the ultimate dream whenever you get to a country so i'm excited i'm excited to see you play i'm hoping that i can figure out in my schedule to come watch a game at some point yeah awesome man it was a lot of fun talking with you and hopefully we can connect over here if it's you come to a game or do some uh, uh disc golf uh, it was a real pleasure and it was good getting getting to know you and to be on here yeah man thank Thanks you yeah us. we'll play some disc golf <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good day. All right, you too. Take care. All right, bye.